Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. Okay, you know that feeling that you get 
when you have your shit together, sorry, I'm sorry if the children are listening. Go away, children. Go away. Go play with the Legos. Go watch a movie. Do whatever you need to do. I'm going to say shit again. I did it. I'm sorry. You know how good it feels when you've got your shit together? You walk around so much more confident. And for me, I can actually rest. I love the hour before a party starts because my house is immaculate and it smells good and there's no dog hair. And I've looked behind things. There's none of those like stringy dust things on the bottom of the furniture. And I'm like, I can rest. And usually Brianna makes me like a vodka soda or a margarita. And I sit down and I'm like, oh, I can rest. And then the next day at four o'clock, I sit down and read because my house is put together and I feel comfortable in it. I don't like to rest in a house that's not clean. And consequently, I rest. if your shit is together, you feel like you can conquer the world. Think about that new car thing. You get a new car and like there's no goldfish crackers in it. There is no loose change in it. There's no hair in it. If you're about my age, which I am my target audience. So your hair starts to change. Has your hair started to change? My hair's falling out because we're doing kitchen rehab. And this is one of the things that my body does. Add to the add to the list. I get weird itchy places and my hair falls out with everyday ordinary chronic stress. It's really great being Ashley Barlow. And so all of the things. Oh, so 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 your car. So your car is and you feel like, yeah, I'm going to keep this up. This is my new car. I'm going to keep this up. We're not going to go through the Chick-fil-A drive through And then like a month later, you're like, well, that was Chick-fil-A. It'll be. We have a friend that I love to make fun of because his people are only allowed to drink water in his car. And it's been like that since the beginning of time. He's got like a 15-year-old Volkswagen Jetta that looks like it is brand new. Because nobody's ever consumed so much as like a bite in it. I don't know if you're allowed to chew gum in his car. And I'm like, all right, he's an engineer. So I like to make fun of him because he's perfect too. And I'm like, yeah, you with your perfect car, like you are not even welcome. <laughs> Unless you're hungry and then come on in because we got all kinds of stuff. And he obviously is not raising a swimmer like me. Okay. So what's all that mean? You know, like what is... Why do we feel that way? I have no idea. I mean, I just think that, like, if we can control the chaos, then we feel like we can do anything. We feel, like, impenetrable. And so now I want for you to kind of shift this and start thinking about special education. Holy cow. Start thinking about your records. Holy cow. If you had to hire an attorney or an advocate or if your outside OT or reading tutor was like, hey, can I have your school records from the last two years? I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is like, because I, as an attorney and my other job, ask for them a lot. And people are like, yeah, I got them laying around here somewhere. And eight times out of 10, we end up asking the district for the records that I want because, you know, parents will have like half of them or they won't have any of them or they'll have them, but they can't find them. They're at their parents' house. They're wherever. And so I know that organization intimidates you. And I know because I know myself that that might be prohibiting you from resting and it might be prohibiting you from advocating 
Well, so this episode kind of came about because I was trying to teach Griffin, who is a new driver, about how much better you feel in your car when it's clean. And he's a boy and you should see his bedroom. And I'll be darned, it worked. We cleaned his car and he was like, you're right. And I like took him to the car wash to that vacuum. That's like a pro tip. Use that vacuum. Don't get all that nasty car stuff in your home vacuum. Save that for dog hair. So I was trying to teach Griffin about how good you feel if your car's clean. And it worked. He was like, yes. So we were down there vacuuming. And he even like vacuumed out the door jams, that little spot next to the driver's and the passenger side seats. And I was like, yeah, see, once you get started, it's kind of addictive. It like it happened. I told you so. You can't say that to a 16-year-old, but that's what I was thinking in my mind. So the same is true of special education advocacy. If you have ever started a binder, you know how great you feel once you are inside that binder. Once it's all organized, you're like, yeah, I could actually do this. But until it's organized, you just feel like chaos. Like, I don't even know what my kids' goals are. So I have a few tips for you on how to be organized in special education. Are you ready for the first one? It's super easy. I call it a dumping ground. Other people might say, create a dedicated workspace. I need a dumping ground. In my old house, our house has gotten torn over the last year because we moved a set, I think a seven room office building. I sold my law practice's office building and we moved it to our house. You probably saw we had a surplus of end tables for a while and just furniture generally. And so now we have switched our TV room and our home office and now we're renovating the kitchen which is kind of turning into the entire first floor as it does and you know blah 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 so I don't have a dedicated workspace I kind of do but like I don't actually even know which drawer it is in my new office so but I decided to make it a drawer in my old house it was literally just on top of my cookbooks like they occupied one shelf I have to keep myself to one shelf on cookbooks or else I'll go crazy and I just dumped them on top of there. Did it look great? Mm, nah, that's why they're in a drawer now. Make a basket. Make those like stackable file things if you can keep them a little bit more organized. But my point here is don't feel like you have the obligation to hole punch and stick things in binders the second they come home. Because if you have that obligation, it will not happen. So at least get it all to the same spot. All of the paperwork. I'm talking progress reporting, communication, report cards. Heck, school pictures might even be in there. Obviously, your IEPs, your notice, any student work that you think is worth keeping, anything that you think is worth keeping, stick it in one spot. I have a spot like that for bills. I have a spot like that for like kind of just important, you know, tax kind of mortgage kind of communication that I need to pick up on. Make one of those spots specifically dedicated for IEPs. Even better if it's close to your workspace because you might see it and it might remind you, but don't see it and think, oh, I got to get to that because that's the whole point of a dumping ground. Put it there and then like twice a year, sit down with the Gilmore girls in a hole punch, punch it in, stick it in. So number one is, number two is then to create a filing system. If you want to know my tried and true filing system. I talk about that way more in detail in the lab, which is my um, online course for parents in special education, mainly parents. Lots of people would benefit from it, but parents are my main audience there. So develop a filing system of some sort. You know, I like the chronological 
IEP binder with the paperclip system. It might be folders. It might be a series of binders. It might be actual file folders. Do something and organize it in some way that makes sense to you. As an attorney, I really, really, really suggest doing it chronologically. Rights law suggests doing it chronologically as well. I just think it tells the story, especially with the paper clips. But some kind of color coding system, sticky notes, tabs, paper clips, get all the school supplies out and get yourself organized. I also recommend that you keep out some outside data, some outside stuff, whether it's progress reporting or it's evaluations or whatever, in your school binder, even if that means you have to make a copy. And I recommend that at the very least, you store these things electronically. So I think still most people probably tend toward a binder system or some kind of paper system, which I do too. But I now also keep mine electronically, and I have a storage system for that as well. So the way I store my stuff electronically is also chronologically by date. And so everything is saved with its date. So if it was um, issued September 1st of this year, it would be 2023-09-01. So the year first, because then that sorts it in your box or OneDrive or whatever you use. And then the month. Because, again, you're going to get January 1st all the way through to December and then the day. And so I do 2023-09-01, sixth grade IEP, or what, however I'm going to save it. And that way I have all of our documentation in one. I have a goal of someday maybe doing that for Jack's entire special education binder. I don't know if I'll get to that, but... It is definitely a goal so that someday, somewhere, I can throw away the binders and I still have everything electronically. I don't know, maybe I'll pay somebody to do that because that's very overwhelming. There, but Gilmore Girls, there are several seasons. So I could probably do it if I had Rory and, and Lorelai Gilmore with me. So some kind of electronic storage system, I think, helps. But regardless, you've got your dumping spot and then you've got a filing system that you can come to a couple of times a year and stick stuff in. I also, if we're talking about organization, I think another thing that overwhelms people is the calendars, the schedules, the structure. So I recommend having some kind of calendar or planner. When Jack was a baby, I did this on paper. I would do all of his medical follow-ups. So, you know, ENT, we followed up every three months for a while. So I would put a note about six weeks after every appointment to schedule. And then I would put a note about three months after appointment, meaning or appointment should be sometime this month. And then I would follow that cycle so that I knew that we were staying on the cycle. I do something about eight weeks before my kid's annual well visits so that I know that I should be scheduling the well visit. I, I do this so that we can stay up to date. Now, I am admittedly not always super good at that because my kids are very busy and because both of my kids have a fair amount of medical appointments. <laughs> Griffins are usually injury related, but you know, both my kids have ADHD and so we're doing medicine checks and all of that kind of stuff. Using some kind of calendar system really, really helps. I'll tell you, I now do this. I use Google Calendar, which I absolutely love. So whether it's, you know, setting reminders on Alexa or using some kind of electronic calendar, I think that's easier because you don't have to go in and do all the page turning. 
you know, you can set it to do a recurring reminder, recurring meeting. Obviously, something that's in my calendar still is Sunday emails. I don't send Sunday emails anymore because Jack is way more expressively verbal and because he's older and it's a lot of communication. It's a lot. He's got seven teachers, I guess. And so I don't need to communicate with them as often, but I do monthly remind month. I send monthly updates. And actually today is a monthly update day here at the Barlow household. So we, what we are doing when we are doing that is we are reminding ourselves so that we can take kind of that like churning rumination that happens in our brains of, oh, I got to update school. Oh, I got to update school. Oh, I got to update school. And we're putting it on a to-do list, which then says, okay, I've reminded myself and when it becomes due, I will do it. And if you need to move it on that calendar, you simply drag it over and boom, it's on tomorrow's to-do list. So using some kind of planner or calendar system is also extremely, extremely helpful. I did a podcast one time on my weekly organization. Uh, I still do that every Sunday. I still sit down with Willie Geist at eight o'clock and my cup of coffee and I write down everything from our, my electronic calendar goes onto a dry erase calendar that's in the kitchen. And then the dry erase calendar plus the electronic calendar plus any emails from coaches with changes or anything else. So things go from the online calendar and the dry erase calendar and the regular practice schedules and any emails from coaches with schedule updates or any extra things like swim meets or tennis tournaments or whatever the case may be onto a piece of notebook paper that then gets posted on the refrigerator and I meal plan from that and then from the meal planning I make the grocery list and I usually do Kroger click list so that it just gets picked up I'm maybe going to switch away from that because I'm annoyed with their choice of produce. Anyway, that's how organized I have to be in order to make life work here at the Barlow household. So all of those reminders are super important. Another way to stay organized is a communication log. Now, I will tell you I am terrible at this, but I really like people. And so I am like a communication like safe. I can tell you where I was when people said what they said and when they said it in relation to other events. I I might not always know the date. In fact, I rarely know the date, but I don't know the date when it's actually happening either. Like I couldn't tell you what today is. However, I can tell you that it was like, you know, the day of the book fair. And then I can look back to see when the book fair was. I usually can tell you what I had on also, which is super weird. And I understand that that's weird. But I know what my first boyfriend had what I had on when my first boyfriend broke up with me and I know the date I don't know it's just weird my brain works in strange ways because I like people so I remember when things happened with people okay so a communication log I think it is helpful to maintain a communication log with very little burden to yourself so choose topics that you want to document You know, for some of us, it it might be like chipping away at inclusion. For some of us, it might be like not implementing a reading program with fidelity. For some of us, it might be not proactively supporting a behavior. For a lot of us, sometimes it is one particular person. It's a staffing issue. So make a communication log. I'm actually thinking about, and I would love to know your feedback if you just want to DM me or email me or send a carrier pigeon my way. I would love to know 
your thoughts, because I think I'm going to develop an IEP binder for you with some more communication templates and some resources in there and some things. And one of the things that I've got in development is a communication log. So just little like half sheets that you could fill out before meetings, during meetings, after meetings, etc. But what I recommend that you do is you write down the date, the person that you were talking about, and the topic. Now, when I do the topic, the first time I do it in what I call police report language, like I said, she said, I said, she said, I said, she said, because that's how a police report is written, right? Like unit one was traveling southbound on I-75 in, you know, I don't know, Cincinnati. And then I would do another thing with like my thoughts or my emotions or my feelings or whatever is attached to that, right? So that you could pull out the emotion if you ever had to publish this. And then any reminders to follow up, et cetera. And if you're documenting several things, like if you aren't just documenting what an a-hole the special education advocate is, or advocate, aid, I mean, your advocate could be an a-hole too. But, you know, a lot of people are like, this aid is just not compatible with my child. And they want to document instances that they observe or that they hear about or whatever. Then like create a little box on yours, you know, it can be yours and yours alone. That's like staffing issue with Mrs. And then, you know, check that. Or it could be about like failure to progress monitor or failure to provide services or not implementing the reading program with fidelity or whatever it is. So then you could like create a little check because then that could go into a spreadsheet and then that could help you if you need to advocate for compensatory education, change in staffing, whatever you're advocating for. So whatever the category of communication is. And I would just jot stuff down. I have almost I I think that the only thing that I've ever written down consistently was a staffing issue. And thank goodness that principal caught it before I had to. And I was like, I'm actually keeping notes on this. But yes, thank you. I agree. And yes, we would love a staffing change. So it turned out I didn't need it. The one thing I will say, because, you know, I always say I'm a hippie and J. Crew, and I really like to get into emotions and all of that business, is I think this is a lot of negative energy. If it feels like a lot of negative energy for you, you might then write down just for yourself, like three things that you're grateful for in this realm. So three great things that happened to your child that day, three things that are really good at school right now, et cetera, just to kind of like offset the negative document. So and try not to make it sarcastic because your goal is really to make yourself feel better. Okay, two more tips. Also, to stay organized, build yourself a library and stay organized within the library. I think a lot of parents, you know, I made this episode thinking about where do parents like experience guilt with the volume of information and the volume of stuff? And one of them is, you know, I'll say, like, did you read the behavior code? And they're like, I have it. I don't even know where it is. Are you familiar with Dr. Ross Green? Yeah, I have all of his books, but I couldn't tell you where they are. So my recommendation is to build the books, build the library, whether you're organizing notes and materials from conferences, books that you've that people have recommended, business cards from from professionals, you know, any of that stuff, and that you at least keep the documentation in one spot, whether you reference it or not, at least you know where it is if you need it. Now, I don't really love the idea of like gathering a bunch of resources and not doing anything with it unless that just makes you feel like a good parent, which sometimes it does. Just having the books, you're like, well, at least I uh, at least I have. Will my kids ever look at those bookshelves and think, man, my mom really tried to figure out ADHD for me? I don't know. I mean, I actually, you know, I'm a junkie. I actually do 
read a lot about these topics. But at the very least, I think you need to know where your stuff is and to organize it by topic. So my bookshelves have behavior sections. They have reading sections. They have like school culture sections. I have preschool sections. I have inclusion sections. I have advocacy sections. I have negotiation strategy sections. I have political sections. I have women empowerment sections. And I do it that way. That was just looking at my bookshelves now. I don't know what else. Oh, I have college yearbook section and high school yearbook section. So, and then I just have like a stack of pretty books that, you know, are up high and just have to be dusted every once in a while. So the reason I keep them that way is because seriously, like for me, if I'm helping a client, I can be like, what's the name? Who wrote the behavior code? And then if I can't pull up, I think the name of the person is Minahan, but I might be wrong. Then I can just go get the book. But it also helps me if I know that I've read something and I need to explain it to Brandon or I need to explain it to a therapist or whatever, I can just go get it. Regardless of what you're looking for, the idea here is you need to be able to find it. So organizing them, having a place is super duper helpful. And so it has to be a bookshelf. It can be one of those rolly carts from the dollar store or from Michael's. But just have a place where you're putting your resources. I put my resources from conferences that I like. Most of them are electronic now. You know, COPA is my favorite conference. But I put mine in really big binders. For the for the folks on YouTube, I might be able to pull it out. Oh, it's way too heavy. So I have a, I guess like a 14 or 15 inch by 15 inch storage container, like from Target or something. And I just slide in those compendium or binders or things. And I've got two of them, one on either side of my desk where I put things that I find to be helpful. And I found that if I need, if I run out of RAM, something's probably become outdated or I've updated it. And so that's probably all I need. But just having a library and, and organizing it in a way so that things are accessible. That's the idea here. And then the last thing that I'll say is establish routines, right? Structure, creating structure for our children helps us to stay organized as a family. Our kids need structure. So if we can organize ourselves, then we can be more organized for our kids. A couple of weeks ago, I did an Instagram story about how we need to stay ahead of things for our kids. So if you wake up and you're like, oh, maybe we'll go for a bike ride. I think this was the example I gave. But it takes you 10 minutes to pull the bike out and then to air up the tires and then to find the helmets and then all of those things. Your child who has a hard time transitioning or initiating tasks is hanging in there with you on the like, maybe we'll go for a bike ride. Now I've got to get everything organized. And yes, that's an important skill to develop. And maybe that's what you're working on. So keep working on it. In my house, if we're going to initiate tasks and transition to tasks, I'm going to I'm going to work on that with with preferred things and with social things, not with like exercise, which I think Jack needs anyway. So the more organized I can be, the more like one step ahead of him I can be, the more likely he is to succeed in those non-preferred tasks. So I think the more organized we can be, the more routine oriented we can be the better we can be for our kids. So if you, you know, find yourself it's Sunday night thinking, I got to write the email. I got to write my Sunday email. I got to do it. I got to do it. Go to sleep. Take your bath. Then we aren't going to feel organized. But if you wake up on Sunday morning, every single morning and say, okay, you're doing this, this, and this because I have to do my calendar and my meal planning. 
then that's the way it goes. And that's the way Sundays are. So those routines can be super duper helpful. Okay. I hope that this episode on organization has been super helpful. I will see you next week. Same time, same place.